people, I hope you're all well. In today's episode, I fall into conversation with Glennis and Toby, who were born disabled. In this episode, we hear about how their disability affects their day-to-day, how it affected their school life and building relationships. Both Toby and Glennis want to change the way that disability is viewed, and they are currently on paths to make this happen. Let's hear about their journeys. Toby, what's your disability and how does it affect your day-to-day? So my disability is brittle bones, also known as osteogenesis imperfecta, and I've got type 3. It means I break bones super, super easy. I've broken 75 bones, and I'm only 27. So the way it affects me is basically I'm unable to walk, so I'm in a wheelchair full time. I mean, I can break a bone by simply rolling over in bed. I've broken my leg completely in half before. So that's how it affects me. And generally, I would say half the year I work, the other half of the year, I'm usually in bed in a lot of pain uh, or receiving treatment for my bones. Mm. Um, The other half, I'm a dance teacher. I dance. I've been dancing for 19 years. It helps me kind of build the muscles around my bones to kind of stop the breaks happening. And in terms of your condition, when did you know it was a condition? Like, so how old are you? So I've had it from birth. I've had my condition from birth. It is a rare bone disease. So not many people in the UK have it at all. It's like one in like a thousand or something. It's really, really rare. It might be even less than that. My disability is amniotic band syndrome and I found out that that was my disability last year. Um, When I was born in 89, no one really kind of knew what my disability was. No one had ever seen anything like that. So they just put it down to it's just one of these things. But, you know, she's healthy. They took me to Great Ormond Street to do tests as well, just to see whether like it was hereditary and, you know, whether I'll be able to have children and stuff. And it, it literally was all the tests were fine. And yeah, I would live a normal life. But obviously growing up, I always thought to myself, I have to have a name for the disability I have. It can't just be one of those things. I'm a true believer that there's a name for everything. So I think going to my hospital where they make my legs, I met a woman there and she was just saying, oh, what's your disability called? And I was like, I don't know. And she was like, I think you have amniotic band syndrome. And I was like, what was that? And then from there, I went and did my research. And I was like, wow, looking at all the pictures, reading like what actually affects. I was like, there's a huge possibility that this is what I have. Obviously, the woman I met at my hospital was a white older lady. And there was a black girl named Marissa. And I went to one of her events. She also had, she also had the disability. And we got to talking and I booked a point with my doctor. And I found out that that's exactly what I have. I have amniotic band syndrome. How it has affected me, I get a lot of nerve pain in my stumps. Because basically, I have my leg all the way up to the ankle. So I don't really have my ankle or foot. Mostly at night time, I get a lot of nerve, nerve pains, shooting pains. Sometimes I can't wear my artificial limbs. Also as well with my hand, because obviously I've only got, I've got missing fingers on my left hand. Sometimes it does make me, make it hard to do like everyday things. So if I want to do a hairstyle, I can get very frustrated if I can't do it. Even sometimes now it gets frustrating to do shoelace because my left hand is shorter than my right hand. Yeah, just kind of everyday things. But I think growing up, because I'm about to turn 31 next week, growing up, I just had to find a way and adapt to do it for myself. And that's just, just yeah, that's just what I did. So it affects me every day. I'm not going to lie. It affects me every single day. But 
I just learned to do things. And one thing you both kind of said, like you have both been born with these disabilities. So at what point in your childhood did you realize you were different per se? So you, you've always known yourself to be, this is you, this is how you were born. Um, this is how you live life. So was there like a turning point that you said, actually, I'm different to everybody else? I think the first time I realized was when I was in nursery, which is really weird. How can you remember that? I remember it because there was this really, uh, <laughs> this is so weird. There was this really cute boy and um, he kept saying that I was, I was cute. But why have I got really short legs and stuff like that? And so I think I was like, oh, huh, who knew? I'm different. <laughs> and um, yeah, we used to play in the playground. I used to wheel after him and stuff like that. So I think that's the moment when I realized that I was disabled. But even more so was when we had sports day. My school teacher at the time pushed me and in the race. And that was the exact moment when I actually felt pride mm -hmm. to have a disability mm -hmm. and that I was accepted in the school as this girl in a wheelchair. How about you, Glenn? Because of the friends that I had growing up, that never really happened for me. It, it was, I think, when I did certain tasks with them or like going on certain trips, I would kind of take like a step back and be like, okay, I can't do that because obviously I don't have legs, I can't do certain things because I can't feel da, 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 da. but again they would always kind of adapt and be like Glenn like you can just do it if I'm honest probably as an adult like I realized that Glenn you can't really do these things but I hate the word can't it's like you can and you can't <laughs> in, in a way it's like you can do certain things but you're going to need help or you're going to need to adjust these things so that you can do it and kind of realizing like obviously I've known Toby for two years now or is it a year no a year bloody feels like five but I think it's only a year but no it is two years I'm right isn't it yes, no it is two years yeah, yeah it is two years meeting Toby and I, there's another one of our friends called Fatima it's only then where I'm like okay um yeah no I have a disability um I'm different but in a good way not in a bad way one of my friends actually sat me down and was just like, why, why don't you go and find friends that are like you? Not in a horrible way, but for my own comfort. So, mm -hmm. Because when sometimes I'm talking to my friends, they'll be like, yeah, we understand, we get it. And it's like, they get it, but they don't. They don't have disabilities, so they won't yeah. get the depth of it. But being friends with Toby and Fatima and telling them something, I don't have to be like, are you sure that you get it? They get it. <laughs> because they have disability, do you know what I mean? So it, it, it's kind of more as an adult, realizing that, yeah, you know what, I do have a disability, I'm different, but it's okay. And can I just say that I think that that is something that people that are either, have just had an accident and now are in wheelchairs or are amputees or whatever, or people who visibly they don't look like they have a disability so they're they're accepted by the community by you know the community mm -hmm. um until they show their limbs or whatever or whatever it may be and so it is easier for people like that to be part of society and not really recognize that they are disabled 
mm-hmm. um, or it's okay to say that you struggle with things mm-hmm. and it's not a bad thing. It's actually, it's very empowering because one day there's going to be a young person just like you growing up and they're going to feel proud because there's someone that looks just like them. So I always promote with all my girls, all my friends from around the world to feel proud of being disabled. And that's something that I will take to the grave. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that there is a foundation laid for people like Glenn and Fatima and myself. I just want your viewers to know that you guys telling your friends, oh, well, you're not disabled, really. It's not helpful. Yeah. Because there's going to be someone that's just like them one day and they're going to feel alone because they may go to a school that is all disabled and then their other friend is being told that they're not disabled. And so it can be very confusing. That person is disabled. It isn't a bad word. And if you actually look into the word disability, um, it's actually supposed to be empowering and it's it can be used in the right way in the right context so the same way we learn about black history is the same way people need to learn about disability and the history of being a free disabled person now rather than in institutions because years ago people like me and Fatima and Glenn are all that we would all be hidden away Mm. and we kind of still are So in media, we're not out there on TV at the moment. There's no disabled black woman on TV anywhere. You won't find one visibly, Mm -hmm. visibly disabled. So um, that's something that I'm trying to make sure that everyone feels proud about is, Mm -hmm. you know, their disability and the fact that they're a black woman. That's huge. And that's amazing. You know, I think it's really important though to say that because I do think time and time again, disability has always been branded or put with a negative connotation of things. And it doesn't have to be. And it's really interesting that you said that because I was watching, um, I think it was White Lines on Netflix the other day. And for the first time, I noticed a visibly disabled man, visibly disabled as in he didn't have full length arms, his arms stopped here and he was a club manager and he was talking. And I was like, I don't see that often. Like, I don't see that and I don't know why I don't see that. But just like everything, it's like, even when you, for ages, you didn't see black people on TV and then you started to see them. But it's like, we live in a time now where everybody should be on TV. If you've got the talent and you're doing it, there's no reason why you shouldn't be on there. So I really like the fact that you brought up that point. Going back to when you said, oh, when did you know I was different? It's when I say to people that I'm disabled, hence what Toby was saying, I look, and I hate this word, but normal. So, but then it's like, when it's like, I don't like, no, you have artificial limbs and then kind of just showed them my leg and they're like, what? Then that's when I start to see, oh, God, now they're acting different to me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> just act the same. Like, act the same as you would to anyone. But because, you, you know, especially because my hand, although my hand's visible, because it's kind of small and maybe, maybe what I'm wearing, you don't see it. So you do look at me and you do think there's nothing wrong with her. The minute I show them and it's like the game, the game has changed. It's like, oh my God, you're right. You sure? How do you react to that? When it happens, what do you do? I think I'm just like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Honestly, if I need help, trust me, I'll, I'll ask you for help. But don't feel like you have to just, I'm good. Mm. Uh, yeah. And then hopefully, like, yeah, I don't, I don't think, like, I think the only person that, that babies me is my mum, but you both know that. <laughs> I'm used to it, but no, nah, yeah. Everybody else is kind of like, cool now. Especially, like I said, I'm about to be 31, so 
But back in the day, it was, it was horrible. And how was it like in school, would you say, like making friends or, you know, I think, I feel like I've watched an interview where you've mentioned that you were bullied in school. So like, how did you overcome that? And what was like making friends like in school? Yeah, at first making friends for me was hard. So in primary school was fantastic. For me, it, um, the bullying started when I was in secondary school. So I had not long just lost my dad. I started secondary school in September and then in March, my dad died. Um, I think I had about, I don't know, two or three weeks off of school. And then when I went back, maybe within the next two or three weeks, the bullying just started. And I don't know why. Mm. Um, I can only assume because I was different. And you know bullies, they look at you and they think, that girl, she's got low self-esteem. And I, I kind of already did. Like, when my dad died, I was 11. And that was kind of me adjusting to the fact, oh, okay, like, I'm, I'm, I'm different. Although no one treats me like I'm different. Me, myself, I look down, I'm like, oh got one hand and my legs and you know and I was a daddy's girl as well so my self-esteem just completely went mm. so I think like back you know sitting here looking back I realized like I was like a big friend and certain people took advantage of that like oh look at her she ain't got any legs begging for friends mm. and I remember one time I'll never forget in music lesson I picked up a music book started whacking me over the head with it and Another guy, and by the way, I was bullied by three boys as well. So it was horrible for me. And back then, the friends that I have now, although they were with me then, we weren't in the same class, we weren't close. So it was mm. like, I couldn't run to them for help. I didn't really go home and tell my mum. I would just like lie and say to my mum that I'm not well, so I don't want to go to school. So from like year seven to year nine, that was a, such a horrible time because I, I didn't know how to stand up for myself at all. And then I think I've got the courage to tell my mum. But then I was really scared that the, the boys were just going to do something to me. Mm. But no, from like year nine, I don't know what happened. Because it's such a long time ago to the point where I've kind of blocked it out. But mm. it just stopped. It literally just stopped. And I think it, that's where I found my friends that I'm friends with now. Mm. And we're like a sisterhood now. So yeah, I think those three years, the beginning of second secondary school were hell. After that, I was I, I was good so um just yeah. just before um you move on there in terms of you said like you were you felt like you were a big friend in school like why do you think that was do you think it was like an overcompensation of yeah. the fact that you were disabled or yeah yeah I was thinking to myself because I don't I'm not normal like I have to overcompensate so it was to the point where I'd be like oh do you want 50p like I'll give you 50p or something stupid like that like I'll just give you money mm-hmm. or like I'll give you this or you know I'll give you that and I wanted to just make friends so I'm thinking oh they're gonna see this girl is just bare generous but obviously kids back then are just thinking nah this girl's dumb like why she giving me 50p like tomorrow I'm gonna like get two pound off of her and stuff mm-hmm. like that but obviously now we would think like oh this this girl's nice like just bare friends back then nah they're just gonna think you're an idiot and then that's when they see that okay yeah this girl I can get her because she don't have any self-esteem. Like, if I say I want this, I want that, she's just going to give it to me. Mm. And they just saw that and they just preyed on me, so. So I was in foster care. So I've moved, like, four different schools or something crazy, maybe even more. So every school has varied. When I was in South, so primary school, my first primary school, I was very popular. I was probably the one that did the bullying Sorry, guys. I'm being honest. I'm being honest. Yeah, it's good to be honest. Be honest. Um, so I was 
very very popular people couldn't really do that to me and then um why is my friend and, this is why she's my friend <laughs> but then because i was the only black child in the village literally in the village um i was bullied mercilessly mm. um by people but i didn't let it ever affect me there was only one time and this girl said something her name was Emily. Yeah, I'm going to out you, Emily, because she was out of order, okay? <laughs> so Emily tried me. She really tried me. And she was one of the popular fit girls. And I was like, don't do it, because I'm, I'm beautiful too. Don't do it. Just because I'm black, don't try me. So, uh, yeah, I have been bullied 100%. I haven't... I've always sort of been able to combat that bullying um there has also been let me not pretend that this was outside of school though i have been flipped out of my wheelchair before and been mercilessly bullied physically because they know verbally i could get you don't try it okay but physically i was tried mm. i was tried i was tested and so yeah that seemed to that seemed to be something that people realised with me that you're going to have to do something physically to me because I'm always going to fight back. Yeah. I'm not going to have it. Like, who do you think? I, to the point where I was always put, sticking up for my other disabled friends. Like, are you right? Like, some of my friends, they were mentally delayed or they were, you know, physically disabled in some way. And I was the one, I was the popular one at school, always caping for the disabled team. Like, come <laughs> come for us then <laughs> do you know what I mean that was me that was me I was like are you done we're beautiful people don't try mm -hmm. it don't try it we're beautiful people mm -hmm. we're humans yeah. don't talk to us like that so yeah. yeah everyone knows if they see Toby Green fighting it's because she's fighting for her rights <laughs> <laughs> and would you say like it's one thing to comment on like you mentioned oh you know that at one point you were the bully do you think that was because you were always in the forefront of like having to fight for your rights or is it just because that's just how it was and it was school? No, because I had to fight for my rights. Mm -hmm. I had to stand my ground. Yeah. Um, I had to make it clear, don't try me. Do mm. not try me because I will try you and you won't like it. That's just me. I've always been like that, very much so. I'm still like that now, really. Like yeah. when people try to like defend um, ableism. I'm like, uh, no, you're just being out of order and rude. Mm. You're not, you're not willing to learn. And there are different people in this world. You need to learn how to get along with us. Mm. Simple. And Fatima and Glenn will just be watching me like, hey, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that is how it is. Like, oh my god. And you can't say nothing. You can't say nothing. Push on the roll. You can't say. It. You just gotta let it. I let, let it say. It. <laughs> let it I'm oh, fighting for our rights, guys. Well, the thing is, you know? I think for both of you, you like, you know, Toby, this is the first time I'm speaking with you, but I can feel that you are a very positive person. And I know Glennis is very positive, but I know, Glenn, you mentioned, you know, even on a normal day, you might get frustrated at just simple things like doing your hair. Um, so, oh. do you both feel like having a disability specifically has affected your mental health? Yeah, for sure. Like, okay through this time through the lockdown i started off i lost my neighbor and uh, she's like a mum to me mm. so i create my family through my friends right 
I don't have anyone. All my family live in Nigeria mm-hmm. and I live here by myself um, in London. So where my condition walks into this is I am not able to go and get my usual treatment for my bones, right? And so um, during this COVID time, I, I can't go and get treatment. And so I've had to, have, had to find other ways to deal with my pain. And during the time of being in extreme pain from those 75 bones I told you about earlier, um, I get down. I feel down. I feel frustrated. I can't keep up with my counterparts. I'm always behind. And I feel like I'm always being told by other people people who are privileged that I'm not doing enough and it does get frustrating because I feel I work super hard and because of my disability and not being able to you know access particular resources I feel like I'm falling behind and I felt like that even through uni I had to do four years in uni because of my health and my condition and breaking bones and stuff like that so even as I'm sitting here with you right now, I need to take medication. I'm in pain. So my, my main one that gets me down and depressed and lonely is the fact that I live on my own and I do, I do experience extreme pain. And when I am indoors, I start to get agoraphobia. I don't know whether you know what that is it's very hard for me to want to go back outside once I've been inside for so long. Yeah. It's quite mentally damaging. It puts me into PTSD mode. It reminds me of when I used to break my bones and have to stay in hospital for long periods of time and lots of traumatic things happen. So yes, it is. It's not easy being disabled at all. It's more than just the wheelchair. The wheelchair is literally most of my problems when I'm outside of my home, but inside of my home, it's my condition that affects me mainly. Um, outside of my home is ignorance that affects mm-hmm. me. If people were not so ignorant, my, ha- my life wouldn't be so difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't have to plan ahead so much. I wouldn't have to fight so much and um, have non-disabled people tell me, oh, you should complain about that. Oh, it's heaven actually at the minute not to hear that because it is, it gets, it gets too much, like too much um, responsibility is put on disabled people's heads to change what needs to be changed by the non-disabled people. Sometimes it's, you know, we have to work together and at the moment we're just expected to do it even with our condition and it's not easy. Mm. So how do you kind of, um, keep yourself in good spirits when you are affected in that way speak to my i mean i call my friends every single day i call glenn and fatima every day Mm. um without a doubt and posting positive things on my page is really important dancing is really important to me um i started doing like these meditation lives um like joining them i really like those And it's part of actually the tips that I put in for the BBC for Mental Health Week last week. I think for me, I'm very positive, but when the pain hits or when people's (laughs) ignorance hits, it's horrible. Mm. It's horrible. It it makes you feel so frustrated with the world. Like they don't understand it. They don't get it. Or can I just get a brand new body? (laughs) 
Mm. It's, it's agony for me right now, you know. Do you feel having a disability um, affects your mental health? It did. I, I don't think so much now. Sometimes it does now because of what we're going through in the quarantine. But more so much when I was younger because it, it kind of go, all the questions relate because I'm there and I'm like, I'm disabled. So is that why I don't have friends? I'm disabled. Is that why I have to keep begging for friends? And it just, you know, messes you up. Like, like a story like you both know, I had issues with like family members and stuff. And again, that was because in my head, I'm like, oh, why don't they like me? Like, I want them to like me. And they don't like me. So you then go and you do, you do stupid things. And you think, oh, okay, if I do this, they'll, they'll like me. And, and it's all because the fact that I'm disabled. And it's just like, if someone don't like you because you think they don't like you because of your disability, who cares? Like, just carry on with your life. And I wish, like, if I could see younger Glenn now, I would tell her all this and just be like, just listen, because it's going to work out. Because, but then sometimes I say to myself, because I'm a Christian, I'm just like, God put me through all of that because he knew I, I could take it and I'll come out. Even though at the time, I felt like I was dying inside. But mm. again, I went full of that so I can have a story, which I'm kind of partly saying it to you now. So definitely when I was younger, it affected me a great deal because I generally was, generally was like, this is the reason why I don't have friends. This is the reason why, like, even up until kind of now, this particular issue, this is the, why, this is the reason why I'm single. Because, you know, I don't, I, I'm disabled and da, 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 da. So, yeah, in certain aspects, it does. Especially being in this quarantine. Like, I said 2020, this is the year where, you know, I would love to, to settle down and find somewhere. Who am I going to find this year being locked up in this house? So it affects me. Like, okay, now I didn't have to go on. Now after 2020, oh, yeah, this is my year now. Like, I just want to settle down. I want to have a family, you know. I want to be a, a thriving actress like what they, uh, Toby was saying you know she wants to be one of the first female black presenters I want to be the first disabled actress like don't get me wrong I, I, I watch certain films and you do see one or two bits of people you know um, it may be in a wheelchair but it's not like effective like my hand was always going to be visible that's what needs to be seen because again it's like people meet me and think oh there ain't nothing wrong with you but then obviously if I then to be like okay what were you saying and then they sit like oh but then it's like you almost think okay yeah we don't really want her then because I'll maybe you know no nah, like I can do it just as everybody else can so mm -hmm. again then that's when it then goes back to the mental health because say for example when I do go out in this quarantine to get groceries and I because I don't like fair enough they've even disabled people a slot in the morning Sometimes I don't want to wake up early in the morning just to get out. I'll go anytime I want. When I do go, go to the front of the queue. Excuse me, there's a queue back there. Da -da 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 -da. I'll be like, oh, um, yeah, no, thanks. I'm actually disabled. And they don't know what to say. Like, mind your business. It's not your business. So many times I've parked in the disabled spot. Why is a pensioner coming, excuse me, to disabled on the floor? And then imagine this guy is still staring at me like, so I then take up the disabled badge and be like, yeah, there you go. Can you not, can you not see it? Oh God. So, and to the point where my window was open, this guy came, oh, sorry, love. I got out my phone and I started, guys, look, this guy. And he could still hear me. He turned back. I went, yeah, I'm recording. Don't assume. Just go about your business. Don't get me wrong. I'm mm. human. But there are some times when I've parked in the disabled space and then like another person will come, I'm parking in the disabled space and they look so normal like me and I'm getting this. Like, but I keep quiet. You're all human. Keep quiet. It is not any of your business. If the bag yeah. is... Yeah. 
period. That's not your business. Yeah. So, yeah, these things do affect my mental health because I'm just like, it's not fair. Why do you think that you see me and you get to judge? You see me and you're like, oh, you're, you are disabled. Sorry. You act a different way. You see me like, you're not flipping disabled. Yeah, I am. So it kind of feels like I can't win. Mm-hmm. It's a lose-lose situation. So then I'm just like, I, you get home and then you start thinking about all these things. And then, yeah, so it does affect your mental health. But sometimes to get over it, I just... I just stop thinking about them, to be honest, and I just go about my life. Because at the end of the day, for example, when people are getting mad that I'm pushing in the queue, at the end of the day, I'm being let in, you're still in the queue. So, ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally, you're going to do what you want to do. Like, I just have to go about my day. Yeah. That's, it. <laughs> That's so interesting. And, like, yeah. you mentioned something that was actually going to be my next question, is, like, what would you say to, like, the younger you or anyone who is, you know, in school growing with a growing up with a disability and they are either being bullied or are affected like what would you guys say to them just I would say I would say to them listen there's people that are about to fight for you accept what's happening you can do it you can get through you can get through it listen to people who look like you and work towards changing your environment too so do like an, an, an assembly if you want to or some sort of presentation with your friends and think of it that way because those people that are bullying you may just need to learn and I think that that's what I would tell my younger self that yeah okay it's okay to fight so if there is a young person out there that is fighting and they are bu- being bullied at school it's okay to fight but fight in the right way and know that um you know it's not going to be like that forever do you know what i mean and you you'll get an amazing uh experience later on in life when it when the time is right but right now you have to be still and you have to fight for yourself but in the right way so learn how to do that first yeah and what i would say is just be you don't be any don't feel like you have to impress anybody don't feel like you have to be someone you're not just be you if you're the person that just wants to be alone and do their own thing do that if you're the person that likes to make friends easily yeah make friends but if they don't want to be your friends then leave them and just Mm. just just enjoy you and love yourself because i didn't do that Mm. i didn't do that i i in a way i kind of grew up being somebody who i wanted to be and i just didn't just be me yeah and that's what you have to do because when you're you that is what will make people fall in love with you because you're just being you. Everybody could see that, Brennan, she's just putting on a front, right? You know? So, hence why I went through what I went through. Just be truthful to who you are. Like Toby said, there is so much black women up on the rise, black disabled women on the rise. Like, I'm going to be that example of, Period. you know, that role model. There's going to be a little blend, I always say, I've seen. <laughs> in the one interview before there'll be a little glen there saying oh my god mom i'm gonna be all right like look Da-da-da-da. and i even had that when i went and did one of my news interviews i think it was the bbc i had a message on instagram straight away and her exact words were i've got a son with amniotic band syndrome and before i didn't know like how life was going to be for him but when i saw you i know he was going to be okay mm. Do you know what I'm saying? even just that one message i'm like wow like that's amazing i've helped one person because that's something because mm-hmm. you are going to be all right. I've lived, you know, 30 years, about to be 31 years, and I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Like, and, 
Can I just say as well, anyone, any of you that are listening can end up with a child with a disability or you yourself can be disabled. So please do not think that you're immune and you're listening to these people and they're so inspirational. Yeah, Yeah, we're inspirational, but beyond that, in real life, not fairy tale, right? We struggle. It is a fight. And unless you help us, we can't do it. Unless you are there standing with us, we cannot fight this this battle. The black movement did not get better or, or move forward until the white people decided to join them as well. And the Asians and whoever else. Right? So, um, yeah, what we're doing right now is inspiring people, but don't feel sorry for us. It doesn't help because it's not helping the little ones Mm. the babies the ones you're about to give birth to or the ones you're about to up uplift yes so it's about following us making sure you're supporting us and making sure your child sees us Mm -hmm. make sure your child disabled or not sees us because it's important for them to understand that yeah, you're, you know, your disabled child or your friend's child, child's friend that's disabled, right, uh, doesn't have a role model. And, you know, they need one. I feel like you just guys put me back to another question. Like, do you find it hard to make new relationships? So whether that's with new friends or potential dating situations, do you find that uh, like a hard process? With me, with friends, no. So, so I love making friends. If I see friends, I'll message them. Blah, blah, blah. Friends, definitely not. No, everybody knows. Like I'm the, I'm the girl that used to go like, do you remember me? Do you remember me? Do you remember like friends? No. When it comes to relationship, yeah, because obviously, like you both know, I've never, I've never been in a relationship. Another one on a date, and again, it just goes back to the whole mental health thing. Like, I don't think, you know, a guy will like me because of the way I am. But obviously, at the same time, I am coming to terms with it that, you know, um, it will happen when it's meant to happen. When, like, I'm, I'm starting to love myself, obviously. You guys know of the campaign that I've been doing. Like, old Glennis would never come out of her comfort zone and show the world her disability. I would never do that in a million years. So, that's, for me, that's the first step. I'm working towards the next step. I feel like, yeah, COVID has kind of put me back a bit. Mm-hmm. But we'll come out of it and I'll come out of it bigger and better and much knowledgeable. So yeah, I think the relationships when it comes to men, yeah, I've I've just got to build my confidence up. You see something, go for it. And to stop that negative thoughts of, oh, you know, yeah, he's not going to like me. When I know for a fact that there are women and men out there that don't even have any of their arms or, and there's a guy in Australia, I think I'm sure both of you may have seen him. No arms, no legs. His wife is banging. He's so beautiful and they've got four kids. So like, what's my excuse? When people don't, sometimes don't even think I'm disabled, you know? I'm working on the relationship bit, so I'll get there. How about you, Toby? I'm super confident, but when it comes to men, I do what she does mm-hmm. with, when she used to try to make friends with people. Try to prove to this guy that I am sexy and I'm not, I'm a normal woman and I can do normal things and I just overcompensate to tell them like it's okay to reassure the black man that you know it's okay to be with a black woman in a wheelchair you know because of my past experiences with guys 
So I've never, except for the undateables, mm-hmm. I've never been on a date. Um, I'm too scared to be on a date. I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's very scary as a disabled woman to be on a, on a date. It freaks me out to no end because you've got, a, you know, they've got those weirdos and stuff. So yes, it's really hard for me to trust. However, I know how to approach a guy, but to keep it going is where, when I start freaking out. Mm-hmm. So that's that. And then with friends, I don't really struggle that much. What I do struggle with is making friends within the industry in media. When I see them, I get vexed. And I get vexed because they ignore me and they pretend that I don't exist. Mm. So it puts down my self-esteem. So, and I just think a lot of them, that's when I start getting angry. Um, And I have gone on like a a Twitter tirade at one particular lady because I got vexed. Yeah, I was like, you can't even say congratulations for something that I knew. I know if you were in my position, you could never do it. Because yeah. on that particular day when I was filming and did majority of the time when people see me do stuff with like MTV and stuff like that, it's not easy. Sometimes I have to get ready with no carer. So making friends in the industry is hard for me. It's really hard. I have to actually trust you. And friends in real life as well, like I keep them at arm's length. I've had people steal from me, even when I was sick. So I have to be very, 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 very vigilant of who is my friend and who's not. Mm. Um, because I'm, vun- I'm vulnerable. I don't have family. I don't have an, a brother or anyone to say, oh, this person's not good for you, by the way. Mm. So um, I do now. I'm starting to get that now. But, um, you know, Glenn even asked me recently, oh, why don't you show me your friends? It, truth be told, because a lot of them can't be trusted. Yeah. Truth be told. And I'm embarrassed. So I've just admitted that. I'm embarrassed. There's yeah. a lot of people who only want to be friends with me for specific reasons. Yeah. And they don't deserve to know my other friends who are actually quality friends because you can have all the friends you want but a lot of them when push push comes to shove they're not going to be there for you yeah and I'm aware of that that's why I don't put them on a pedestal of friend the only time I'm going to call you a friend is if I know you'd be at my like my wedding or something like that you know at an event that I know yeah I'd be proud for you to be there for and there's a lot of people sorry guys but you ain't (laughs) you don't you don't you don't fit the bill so yeah I find it difficult to make friends because it's hard to trust anyone with with my personal story as a care lever as well like mm-hmm. that's a lot people have used it against me yeah you know oh well that's why you don't have anyone around you or that's why you know your family left you or whatever they say some horrific things so this is why a lot of these people they've been dropping like flies I used to be around so many people my house would always have a ton of people around and I don't have that no more because I don't trust them yeah I think that's fair like uh, that's exactly what I wanted to ask because I think from what Glenn said about being in school and then having to feel like you need to overcompensate for friends I think 
for me anyway, it's interesting to know, like, how do you trust people knowing that you are, you do fit into a vulnerable, and I'm using my hands here, like a vulnerable group. Yeah. And it's yeah. true people, people are around you to either steal from you or get something from you. And it's like, how do you trust people? And then mm-hmm. once you move into like a relationship and then feel like, oh, they don't want to date me because of so-and-so. Like, I think for me anyway, like you said, it is very good to hear you guys speak and I understand for me I feel like I am very inspired but like you said it's about inspiring doesn't always just go far enough you still need to be part of something and and show walk with you kind of thing and that's why I wanted to invite you on this platform to talk about it so with that being said in terms of your inspiring things I know you've both mentioned that you work on different campaigns so like where can we find you if we want to you know help with that like what are you doing I currently just did a campaign called This Girl Can and um, This Girl Can is basically about all um, types of women so whether you're thin, tall, you know big, small, whatever Uh, and it's just getting them back into um, sport, into being active and when this came came about I actually recently had just started to um, get back into swimming I started swimming quite at an early age when I was nine, and so that was through um, primary school. And one one evening, my friend just sent me a text, and it was like a poster to say, you know, they're looking for people to get back into sport, blah blah blah. I was like, okay, like you know, it was just one of them things like, oh, okay, just you know, nice campaign. No, I didn't even know it was a campaign. I just thought it was just something to do. I sent I sent in a video of me swimming, blah blah blah, and like my fears and the barriers I have towards exercise. Then all of a sudden, it was like, okay, yep, okay, the client likes you, the campaign's called This Girl Can, we want you. And I'm just like, what's going on? Okay, so then I'm calling my mom, calling my brothers, and then my friends are like, sorry, Glennis, this is some big campaign, you know? I'm like, what? No, nah, no, nah. what do you mean? <laughs> I've never heard of this campaign before. Then when I started doing research, I'm like, yeah, it's funded by the National Lottery. Um, this is the fifth year, and on top of that, I don't yes. only only black woman, then I find out, sorry, no, not only black woman, I'm only the black disabled woman. Because I, I literally thought, because on the poster, it did actually say they're looking for people with disabilities. But then when you go there, and I'm there, oh, okay. So I'm just like, oh, this woman, okay, so what's your disability? And she's like, um, I don't have one. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, okay. So then I think I asked one of the women, like, am I, am I the only one that's disabled? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. Are, you, are you okay with that? And then I had to kind of think about it, like, what do you mean? Like, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, because I'm unique. I'm the only one. And obviously, uh, um, among all the group of women, you would never think like, oh yeah, that one just definitely got disability. You don't think that. So I liked it. And let's not lie, we love attention, don't we, darling? Exactly. We, we... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, um, the rest was history. So we went and um, we went and filmed. So my swimming. Um, Swimming pool is in Barkingside, and I asked one of my good friends, Dorothy, as well as Toby, to come along to give me some support. And it was like from 5 p.m. I got was there, and I didn't leave till about 11:30, so quite, quite, quite some hours. But it was worth it. Well, I really enjoyed the experience. And yeah, in January, the advert came to came to life. Everyone was calling me, "Hey, Glennis, I saw you on TV. Calling my mom." It was. It was mad and the interviews as well that I did um BBC ITV Channel 5 um, all in one day all, all in, one, in day. one day guys yeah and they were live 
Um, then I've been doing um, interviews um, over the phone, Metro, um, Sport England. I mean, I had another one lined up before this quarantine, but that had to be postponed. So I'm still in talks with them. and Hopefully after all of this quarantine, Corona will carry on. But yeah, like... And in Ghana as well. Oh God, yeah, I forgot. I went to Ghana and I did free interviews there as well. So that was amazing. That was amazing. Just spreading my knowledge of disability because, you know, we're all African here, Ghanaian and Nigerian. And we know that having a disability in Ghana is seen as a taboo. In Africa, it's seen as a taboo. It's just like, yeah let me leave you here they want to kill them da, da, da. and I, I, re, I really like I feel like I opened a lot of people's eyes because even on one interview I got up and I danced and you know I literally I showed my legs everything like I was just free and, Which I, and she's that never is, done before she yeah. shows her legs on national tv yeah. in Africa to the point where some of my family members I, I will be even shy to show them my legs can you imagine so not even that, I went on a whole live TV and did that. Wow. So, so yeah, no, I waited for 15 years for this. And it seems like, what? A long time. But this was my time. And I know I keep saying I'm sad about coronavirus and stuff. Coronavirus is going to go. Uh, fair enough, even some people might even say that it's still going to be in the background. It's going to be like a flu, whatever. But we're not going to be in the houses forever. So I'm going to come out of my house. I'm going to still carry on doing interviews. And hopefully, yeah, I'm, I am going to be that actress. You know what I mean? So, yeah. That's amazing. I'm so proud of you because I know I always say this to you, but I remember all of our childhood years taking pictures and being like, Glennis, when are you going to stop hiding your hand? Like, when are you going to stop? Like, every picture was always the same pose. It's always one-sided and the hand is always hidden. Like, always hidden. And then wow. literally that day when I was just like, you know, scrolling through Instagram and I was like, hang on, she hasn't got her legs on. I was like, this is groundbreaking because you used to hide your hand in every I did that. picture. <laughs> so well done. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I really... encouraged her to do that. <laughs> now that I've met you, I know that's the truth. I know that's the truth. The thing is that picture, so she actually took a picture in my bedroom. But because of my pose, I think my face, it looked like I was crying. Like, no, I didn't know she was taking a picture. And then she took it. And then, but the way I was posing with my legs, it was like, oh, yeah, it looked iconic, fantastic. But then I was like, oh, Toby, my face looks horrible. So then I was like, after all the interviews, we came back to my house. I was like, oh, let's do it again. Same pose. And obviously, yeah, I made my, I was all glammed up anyway from the makeup and that. So I was like, let's take it again. And I was just there. She was there with me when I was like, Toby, look, there's like a countdown. I want to post it. Three, two, one. Post. (laughs) (laughs) It was sick. (laughs) Yeah, amazing, man. Amazing. I can't wait for that to happen again. I feel, what's funny is I feel like I needed this because I was sitting there before, like every interview, doesn't matter even if it's on the phone or thingy, I get that feeling in my stomach, like I'm nervous. I'm not, you know, but it's just, it's just that thing. Because then when I start speaking, I can't stop. And I, I'm, I'm enjoying this right now. I'm meant to do it because everyone's just like, Glennis, you talk too much. So this thing is for you. I don't know why you feel like you're nervous. You're not, you know? And I think, yeah, it's just when I, when I get into it, it, like, it goes away. But I want to stop that feeling of, oh, my God, I'm nervous. It was to the point where I was going to be like, guys, I'm running five minutes late. Late for what? <laughs> yeah, but you have to remember that that initial feeling of yeah. being nervous could also just be excitement. No, like, yeah, and yeah, I think as well that's what it is as well. And like I said, I was kind of feeling very down, very very down for what for whatever reason this past few days. 
like it was really getting to me and obviously I don't want to get into I don't want it to be political but you know Boris is just saying stupid things but you know and the, his latest thing was just that the shops can open but what families still can't come into each other's house so then that made me down because I'm still a very uh, um, family orientated before this happened I was going to Toby's house like there was no tomorrow you mm. know what I mean I can't do that and as much as I want to hear my mum still is not you know I've got respect to her wishes. She's not yet. If our own children can't come, no one else can come here. Yeah. So it's kind of it's, it's irritating me. Yeah. I mean. But like I said, this not this is not gonna last forever. Yeah. It will go, and I'm just gonna carry on doing my interviews with the campaign. Yeah. And I have I have tons of plans for all of us as well. Like I have yeah. huge plans for us to listen. <laughs> you guys. I am. I've got so many. I'm going to write them down, but trust me, I've got some groundbreaking things that are going to start happening in the UK for for women with disabilities. Not just black women, but for women with disabilities, it's time now. Yeah, it's time. 2020. We we need we need to do something about this. Um, and that's just how I feel about that. Sorry, I kind of cut you, Glenn. I am interested, Toby, because I do feel like this is something that will come up in terms of listeners. Like, I want to know what you're working on as well. However, one thing you mentioned is um, that you've been a dancer for mm-hmm. 19 years, I think you said. Yeah, yeah. So how does that work in terms of having brittle bones and being able to break bones so easily? How yeah. do you maintain the dancing? Eamon uh, uh, Amen and uh, Ruth asked me this on um, ITV, on live TV, imagine. And he kept saying, well, why would you dance? It's dangerous, etc." I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I dance, everybody, is because it actually builds the muscles around my bones. It makes me flexible. It's actually a type of therapy because I'm able to let my emotions out. It's kind of like me running, but dancing mm-hmm. in my mind. In my mind, it's like a freedom... It's like a freedom to express yourself. And so I know my limits when I'm dancing. Um, I know when, when is enough is enough. And I know when to rest. And I guess it was the best way for me to challenge my disability mm. and to challenge these normatives, uh, these normal ideas about what disability should mean and can mean and having a rare bone disease, what does that look like? So I like the costumes in dance. I like to put a particular look on. I like to give people a particular emotion. And so that's the reason why and how I dance. I dance in and out of my wheelchair. I can get out of my wheelchair and roll on the floor do you know headstands baby freeze you name it I can do it um except for I can't like spin on my head or nothing (laughs) but I can do the basics (laughs) I can do the basics you know the splits I can splits and stuff like that and so I guess I don't know I just wanted to me I like to challenge Mm -hmm. I like to when someone says I can't do something I'm like oh well let me try yeah let me just see let me just see (laughs) definitely yeah (laughs) and what kind of campaigns are you working on just to wrap it up okay so um i have two campaigns during covid19 one with bbc on their youtube page go and check it out you will see my face right there (laughs) um 
and that's to help with tips dealing with your mental health and that was for the mental health week mm-hmm. the second thing will come out for uh with mtv i don't know when so you just got to keep an eye on my instagram page um i'm sure i've got lots of other things coming up i don't know i, I always get presented with new projects so um yeah just look out for that there's lots of things happening within those two companies that I'm working with. So yeah, I want to work with BBC and MTV in the future anyway, especially MTV because it has a young audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think BBC is going to be a lot more trickier for me. I've seen the comments underneath. So if you guys want to go and combat that, those comments for me and put something positive, I'd be so grateful. But yeah, that's what I'm up to right now. Perfect. Thanks, guys. And if you had a last, given everything that we've spoken about, if you had like a final thought that you'd like to just tie up your conversation on points with, what would it be? Um, what would that, my last word say is, I think I've already said it as well. You just need to be yourself. You need to love yourself and, and always be proud of yourself because that's something that I was never, yeah, I was never proud of myself at all. Um, Something I even I've spoke to Toby about. I'm always, I always give myself a very hard time. I like to get things perfect. Nobody's perfect, and nobody ever gets things perfect on the first occasion, on the first time, whatever you want to call it. Like, do things in your own time, and yeah, don't put pressure on yourself. Like you said, no one's perfect. For every accomplish accomplishment that you do, be proud of it. Because mm-hmm. it's an accomplishment, and it's a it doesn't matter if someone else thinks up, but that's nothing. It's a compl- accomplishment to you because you ain't done it before. Mm-hmm. So just always be proud of yourself. Exactly. Uh, my f- final words will be: Listen, no matter what your background is, whether you're disabled, whether you are black, whether you are Indian, whatever you are, please be proud of it. Be proud of it. Hold your head high. It is okay to be different. It is okay to be different and to fight for your difference. If you have been ignored, fight for it. Do not be complacent because things will change and can change so long as you do something about it. Do not be a sheep. Do something. Be that amazing uh, spotted uh, giraffe in the Sahara Desert. Be that, and <laughs> trust me, hold your head so high, it's above the truth. Okay? Okay? <laughs> okay? okay. Oh, bless you. I thank you. Love you guys. guys. No, honestly, thank you guys so much. I feel like, yeah, this was definitely when I was planning to do this whole podcast, it was one of the episodes that I drew up as being one of the first. Um, so I'm glad that I was able to, to do that and give you guys this platform to express yourself, make people understand and look at things differently. And also so that people can follow you on your journey. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you've taken some key points from this episode. If you have any questions, please email fallintoconversation at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow the Instagram page, Fall Into Conversation, to look out for upcoming episodes and useful information. Bye!